Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Nile was bloody. The fish industry is ruined. Frogs and flies, and now there were dead and dying animals everywhere except in Goshen. Plague number six, boils. This plague comes without warning. Chapter 9 and verses 8 through 12. This plague was against the God of medicine and healing. God told Moses to take a handful of ashes. Look at verse 8. Chapter 9 and verse 8. God told Moses to take a handful of ashes from the furnace. Throw it into the air and let Pharaoh see it. And when the ashes come down and land on man, beast, boils will break out in sores. And so these boils break out and they're oozing sores, eruptions on their body. Plague number seven, hail. The Egyptian god Nut, N-U-T, and that's more like it. Nuts, because they are. Look at verse 19 in chapter 9. Very interesting. Notice God's grace and mercy. God told Pharaoh to tell the people to gather the animals. And they're still alive from the last plague. Those that are still alive from the last plague. And bring them into the house because hail plague is going to be a biggie. So folks gather their livestock into their home and some didn't. Plague number eight. Locusts, chapter 10 and verses 1 through 11. God is judging the grain god, Nepper, N-E-P-P-E-R. This judgment destroyed much of the crops. Look at chapter 10 and verse 7. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Chapter 10, chapter 10 in verse 7. You looking at verse 7? Say, I'm looking at it. Then Pharaoh's servant, oh, some of y'all ain't looking. Chapter 10 and verse 7. If you're looking at verse 7, say, I'm looking at it. And then Pharaoh's servant said to him, how long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, Pharaoh, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? They're saying, Pharaoh, this locust plague, number eight. They say, Pharaoh, how long are we going to keep up this charade? Don't you realize that Egypt is being destroyed? The fishing industry has died. Men are covered with sores and insects on their body. The majority of cattle have died. The fields have been destroyed. There's almost complete destruction of the system. The infrastructure and the economy is almost ruined. They said, how long is this going to go on? And isn't that a good question for our country today? How long? Will this go on? How long can we destroy our inner cities? 
How long can we hold on to hate? How long huh, are we going to continue to hold on to hate? How long can we continue to kill the unborn? How long can we continue? Pray for me. How long can we continue with accusing each other of racism? Am I right about it? How long can we continue to divide in the church and attack one another? How long? How long can we continue? How long? Here's a question. How long will God continue? How long will God continue? You know, one of the many things, watch this, watch this, stay with me. One of the many things that Jesus said to the religious Pharisees is frightening. And he said many things. You whitewashed sepulchers, you put burdens on people you yourself can't bear. When Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed sepulchers, that was like kind of cursing them out. Y'all understand? In a nice God-like way. Okay. You whitewashed sepulchers, you put burdens on people, you you religious Pharisee. But one of the things, and people miss this, people miss this, watch it. One of the things that he said that is frightening, really frightening and scary is in Matthew chapter 15, verse 14. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 14, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the And if the, come on, blind leads the blind, both will fall into, leave that there for a second. Jesus said, notice he said, let, here's the scary part, let them alone. You see, there comes a point, as I think I mentioned earlier, where God is dealing with men. And God is dealing with nations that he will leave them. And he will abandon And when God leaves, thank you, projection, thank you. When God leaves and abandons people, he leaves you to eat the fruit of your own choices. He leaves you to eat the fruit of your own choices. I'm talking to somebody. You know, in my humble opinion... America is at the place of eating the fruit of their own choices. Fact. Many have turned their backs on God. Fact. Many have rejected biblical morality. Fact. Many have rejected Jesus. And God has given us a great watch. God has given us a great, awesome, prosperous, blessed country. He has. He has. He has. Mr. Salman, I don't think they heard me. Turn me up a little bit. They ain't heard me. I said, God has given us a blessed, prosperous country. And it is an insult and disrespectful for us to begin to tear down the blessing of God. It is disrespectful. You know, it's almost like people in the world today are saying, I don't want the blessings of God. I want to tear it down, and I want to build it my way. This country, listen to me close, this country is not a perfect country. Can I tell you something? As one who has traveled to many, many countries in my life, there are no perfect countries. 
and this one. But we have come a long way. We have a listen. We got a long way to go, ma'am, sir. We got a long way to go, but we come a long way. And, and, and if we love each other and if we stop pointing a finger at each other and accusing one another, if we stop tearing down our cities and start trying to build up our cities and build up each other, well, then God will take us the rest of the way. You believe that today? Huh? You believe it? You believe it. God's going to take us the rest of the way, but we can't tear it down. What kind of sense does it make to tear down the very thing that you need? What kind of sense does it make to say to God, I don't want your blessing. That's just stupid. Okay, you real dumb to turn your back on the blessings of God. And that's what seems to be happening. It's not wise to remind ourselves of our past sins. Well, you know, if you don't remember your history, you're bound to repeat it. Well, that's true. But I don't need to know about it every five minutes. Look, God, look, let me tell you something. I'm finna go on because some of y'all ain't, ain't feeling it. I'm fine. All right, listen. It's going to be over. Say out your Amen. God doesn't remind you of your sin. He says, as far as the east is from the west, so shall your sin be far from me. So that's not helpful. That's not helpful. We need to go forward. Somebody say amen. And we can't move forward looking back. I think we can look back and learn some things, but let's move on. Can y'all pray for the pastor? Huh? Uh, We pray for me. Let's move on. And let's call wrong, wrong. And right, right. You know, the Bible says in the end times, that's going to be one of the signs of the end times where people, Isaiah 520, are going to be calling wrong, right, and right, wrong. And are you noticing that's exactly what's happening? We got to move forward. You can't grab hold of the future if you don't let go of the You can't, you can't in relationships. You can't in your marriage. You can't in, in any area of life go forward unless you say goodbye to the past. Paul said, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high call. Paul said, forgetting, thank you, Jesus, forgetting those things behind and reaching forward to the things ahead. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. Am I right about it? Whew. Chapter 10, verse 8 through 11. Got to move on. Pharaoh said, look at verse 8 through 11. Pharaoh said, take the men. Oh, look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Pharaoh said, take the men and leave the women and the kids. Saints, this is clearly the strategy of the enemy, isn't it? Leave the children. What Jesus say? Bring the kids. Satan says, leave the kids, seduce the kids and get you to sacrifice your kids. Plague number nine, darkness. 
chapter 10, verses 21 through 29. This is no normal darkness. It's a supernatural eclipse of the sun, and it took place over a three-day period. This darkness was thick, and it could be felt. Look at verse 21. It was so thick that they couldn't see each other, verse 23. In verse 23, watch. Although the world, the world, Egypt represents the world. Although the world, Egypt was sick, famine, scared, and fearful. God's people had light in their houses in Goshen. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Chapter 11, saints, are you looking at it? Say amen. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on the Pharaoh on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. And when he lets you go, he will surely drive you out from here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people. And that every man ask for, from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord God gave people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man, Moses, was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of the Pharaoh's servant and in the sight of all the people. And then in verse 4, Moses said, Thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt and all the who saints firstborn in the land of Egypt shall do what saints from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill and all the firstborn of the animals. And then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall it be like it again. God said, Moses, I'll bring you one more plague. On Pharaoh and on Egypt, and it's plague number 10, write it down, the death of the firstborn. The final plague is a death blow to Pharaoh. The death of the firstborn, this would be, saints, listen close, the death of all born. Children, servants, firstborn animals, verse 4. At midnight, I'm going to go out into Egypt, verse 6, and there's going to be a great cry, God says, such as not like it before, verse 10. But the Lord, are you looking at verse 10? Hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Which then, saints, brings us to chapter 12. As God told, peruse with me in chapter 12. As God told Moses to go tell the people on the 10th day of the month, which is Nisan, they were to take a spotless lamb, a lamb of worth and value. On the 14th day, you looking at chapter 12? On the 14th day, they were to kill the lamb. And they killed that sweet, pure, innocent, spotless lamb. They were to take the blood of the lamb and put it on, look at me, and put it on the doorpost and on the lintel. Already we see in, in the book of Exodus... The cross, the cross of Jesus is not new. We see it right here. Put the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel. They would take that blood, make the picture or the sign of the cross. And when the death angel flies over the house and sees the blood, the angel will pass over that house. And that's why we call it the Passover. Only those, watch this, with the blood applied to their homes escape judgment. Listen. Only those with the blood 
apply to their doors, apply to their homes, escape judgment, just as God said. At midnight, the angel of death came passing through. Look at chapter 12 and verse 29 and 30. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of livestock. And so Pharaoh arose in the night, he and all of his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. So in Egypt, the firstborn, including Pharaoh's son, killed. They're screaming. Are y'all getting this? Wailing men, women, mothers, fathers crying. Death is everywhere. Firstborn cattle dead in their stalls. Not only not 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 a family's left untouched by death. In the home of a good moral Egyptian man, sudden death to his firstborn. He dies so suddenly they don't even have time to say goodbye. Well, in chapter 12 and verse 31, Pharaoh said, go and get out. Go serve your gods and the people of God in chapter 12 and verse 31. Just peruse with me. The people of God are leaving Egypt in a caravan and Pharaoh changed his mind. Isn't this a great story? Great story. Pharaoh and his army are in hot pursuit of the children of Israel. The Red Sea is in front of them. The only way out is the way they came in. They complain to Pastor Moses. You brought us out here to kill us. Then they get to the Red Sea. Charlton Heston holds up that rod. The Ten Commandments. They don't even do the Ten Commandments on Easter no more. What's wrong? Remember the Ten Commandments on Easter? Man, y'all new generation, y'all know what you're missing. You know that. See, they're looking at Charlton Heston. Who's that? Is he in the Bible? Is he a Bible character? Maybe that's next week's Bible study. No, ma'am, no, sir. No child, no kid. Moses lifted up his rod, you know the story, and the Red Sea did what? Parted. The people would walk through on dry ground and come up on the other side. The Egyptians would follow, and they drowned in the Red Sea. Now listen close. Watch this. The pain, the hurt, the weeping, the destruction of life, the land, the economy, the agriculture could have all been avoided. How so, Pastor? Got your pen? Obedience. One word. Obedience. Simple obedience. To avoid, here's a biblical principle that never changes. To avoid death, the requirement was the application of the blood. To avoid death was the requirement to apply the blood. They could argue, listen, till they were blue in the face about what God said. Well, I just don't believe in the blood. Well, the blood, I mean, that's yucky stuff. Well, I just think there's another way. That blood stuff is all old school. There's got to be another way. You could argue to your blue in the face. But in order to avoid death, in order to avoid judgment, you must obey and apply the blood to your life. Somebody say amen. And if you don't, and if you don't, death and judgment. The same is true of your life and my life. Brothers and sisters, 
We are not called to understand everything. And God is not required to explain to you everything. We are called to obedience, not understanding. This is Christianity 101. We are called to obedience, not to understanding. You know, when I first became a Christian, there were many things that I didn't understand. And like you, I didn't understand eschatology. And I didn't understand Calvinism and Arminianism. And I didn't know the difference between an epistle and an apostle. I didn't understand the ins and outs of theology. But get this, I wasn't saved by my theological depth. I was saved by grace through faith in God. Am I right about it? And so were you. I was saved, ma'am, sir, at home. I was saved by applying the blood of Jesus to my heart, to the door of my heart, applying it to my life. It wasn't enough for me to believe in the blood. Do you know that's not enough? Well, I believe in Jesus. That's not enough. It wasn't enough to simply believe they had to apply. It isn't enough for you to believe in the blood. You need to believe it and then apply it to your heart. And God, saints, listen, I'm coming in for a landing here. I really believe what inspired this sermon is I began to think some days ago, I think I was talking to Miss Dawn, Miss Elvira, and I began to think how God is tearing down idols in our country currently. I began to think about that. And then I was taken to Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 2 and 3. I have it for you on the screen. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land so that they shall be remembered no more. And also I will remove from the land the prophets and the spirit of uncleanness. I notice in that day, says the Lord, will cut off the names of the idols from the land. I really believe that we are in a place in our history. Let me have your attention. I believe we are in a place in our history where God is cutting off and tearing down idols. I, our country, listen, what? Do you not know? Hath he not heard? Our country is filled with idols. Money, fame, God is, God is taking down talk shows. There were so many talk shows. Like, Not another talk show. Y'all talk too much. Talk shows. Now all the talk shows, they got to do it from their house. Y'all notice that? I see a few of them. I don't even watch them nighttime ones. I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't take it. But they doing them from their house, and they show them on the talk show, and they all got the scruffy hair. It's kind of scruffy but coiffed. You know, because they're trying to look like they've been quarantining. You know you got your hair cut. You know you got your hair cut. But they're trying to look all, you know, I guess that's the cool thing right now. You know, the music industry. Now they're doing videos from their homes and all of this. God's taken down. Y'all, y'all follow me so far. You know, all the sports teams now, not allowed to play. Some don't want to play, but not allowed to play. And I thought about this. How many sports teams are named after animals. Think about that. The Rams, the Wildcats, the Tigers, the Cardinals, the Eagles, the Hogs, the Broncos, the Bears. 
Just saying. Am I right about it, Pastor Ron? I meant to run that by you before I said it from the pulpit. <laughs> I got it right. Did I get it right? All right. And then I thought, all these idols of animals and, and what? The children of Israel find their way, cross the Red Sea into the wilderness, and guess what they find themselves doing? Worshiping an animal, a calf, right? God's bringing out. He said in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 through 4, Exodus chapter 20, God said, you shall have no other gods before me. America is full of gods. And I tell you this one last thing. I tell you one last thing. And every one of them will bow to the name of Jesus. Every one of them. Every one of them. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.